Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Wilson Contreras, is just going to straight up ignore John Mazalek for a while. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. And this week, once again, friend of the show, returning, you know him as C70 or the host of Meet Me at Musual or Gateway to Baseball Heaven, but we just call him Daniel. Daniel Shoptal, welcome back to the show. Hello, folks. Uh, and this week on the show, we are going to discuss the end of the losing streak. We're going to talk about some of the recent roster moves. We're going to try to highlight some of the performances that led to the end of the losing streak. And we're going to talk about the upcoming series against the Dodgers and the series against the Reds. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, Daniel, the last time we had you on the show, birds were tweeting, uh, the sun was in the air, spring was beginning to sprung, and we were coming into 2023 just hyped as hell about the Cardinals, the obvious run for the NL Central Championship and beyond, uh, and well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster since the last time you were here. Uh, how you holding up? How you feeling right now? Well, um, I will say April kind of um, confirmed my uh, canceling subscription of and not watching Cardinals baseball was actually a good decision. Um, <laughs> that uh, turned out to be that way. Um, yeah, I think it's been you know it's been fine. It's been. I mean, for people like us, it's been great, right? There's plenty of stuff to talk about, <laughs> um, to talk about, you know, yep. all the time. But, um, you know, hopefully, I'm really, I'm really, you know, after this last week, we'll talk about it, of course. But you start to think that maybe, you know, maybe it was a bad month at the wrong time. Um, yeah. That if it had been July or August, we wouldn't have liked it much, and we'd be a little bit worried about them, you know, falling apart down the stretch. But we wouldn't necessarily have the whole sky is falling worst times since 1907 type of stuff. So, you know, hopefully that's the case and hopefully it's not too late to dig out of the hole that they've put themselves in. Yeah. It's always rough when you start seeing headlines, like worst start since 1907, worst team since they were called the Browns, <laughs> you know, like a lot of, a lot of bad, uh, a lot of bad headlines. And then of course you compound all the, dumb storylines on top of it. it it felt particularly bad but yeah i mean from a record standpoint you're right like this happened right in the middle of the summer maybe it doesn't feel as bad if maybe they were up by five or six games in the standings before something like this happens I, and just to add to that like there's also like the flavor of some of those losses where it's just like everything seemed to go wrong at the worst possible time right. i think it was a this perfect culmination like like, like, like you guys are both saying, if they would have just lost eight games at any point during the season, that would have been fine. But they would have lost eight games like that. Um, I think it would still be super painful. Yeah. That was otherworldly, you know, the, the baseball gods coming down upon the Cardinals and I guess us. Um, it was rough. 
Yeah. Well, it's also it was like exactly what everybody thought could go wrong and make this <laughs> yeah. a bad make this a bad season. It'd be different if like, you know, it was uh Goldschmidt was hurt or, you know, I know Arenado was bad, which was unexpected, but like everything else was exactly what we were saying. This could be the problem with 2023 and it immediately was. And so it's really easy to uh, project that out and be like, well, it's bad. We said it was going to be bad. It's really hard to believe it will turn around. Um, And this is a weekly show, so we ride the wave, baby, and we are feeling good right now. It's been a much better. <laughs> but uh, before we uh, before we get too much into the actual baseball talk, Ben, you you went to a live sporting event over the last week, and I know you 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 have something to talk about here. Oh, yeah, well, I I, I thought that this I, I thought that you two would get a kick out of this. I got a kick out of it, and I've actually decided to go to two uh, live baseball sporting events since we've last talked. So it's been great, great week. The Rockies are bad, um, that's been fine. Um, but anyway, so I go to a uh, Rockies Phillies game on Friday. Meet my buddy Stephen, who uh, who's a listener uh, and a patron. Shout out, Stephen. Uh, thank you. Um, we go to the game, and he has. He, he's not like a, he doesn't wear like sports gear or whatever. And he's wearing a red Phillies, red windbreaker. And I go, man, <laughs> you can't wear that and sit next to us. We are we're sitting like 10 rows behind the Phillies dugout. We're going to be in enemy territory. I, I don't want to hear it from these Phillies fans, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's telling me, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We get up to go use the restroom in the middle of the game. And I believe it was Alec Bohm hit a, monster you know like 450 foot jack and we're walking back to our seats and this guy in a philly like full phillies you know head to toe runs up he's like yeah yeah like screaming at steven's face and then slowly raises his hand for a high five right to steven who is a i think you know a more quiet guy than this person (laughs) and i just look at him like i told you so um and it just it made me very very happy (laughs) Well, that's what you get for even resembling somewhat a Phillies fan. You you have Thank to you. Expe- you have to expect to be verbally assaulted by uh, even if it's a, for a positive thing, you know. Yeah, You're- yeah, and, and you know how Phillies fans are. It was, you know, you, you can imagine this guy. That's what I'm saying. He's going to get a battery thrown at him or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or eat horse manure with him or something. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for sharing. And yeah, Stephen, come on, do a little bit better next time. Do better. Yeah, do better. Uh, C seventy. Do you have a chance to make it to uh to many games? You know, either local or I know you come up to St. Louis uh, from time to time. I typically just make the one trip to St. Louis, although I'm not going to be able to make that this year. Um, and occasionally I will get down Little Rock, which is a little over an hour from here, has the Double A affiliate of the Mariners. Um, nice. It was the Cardinals when I was growing up. It was you know that was where I saw. Um, JD Drew come up through there. Uh, Rick Ankiel came up through there. Um, I usually sometimes I get down to one of those games a year as well. Uh, but not, I'm just not much at live, just where I'm at and, and everything else. Yeah. Live sporting yeah. events just don't happen that often. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. But, um, man, those double A games, triple A games, that's a lot of fun to go mm-hmm. to, even if you're not, uh, even if it's not a team that you support. Yeah, I try to get there when Springfield's coming through, but even if you're not, it's it's still a lot of fun. I think the last one I went to, actually maybe a couple of years ago, it was one of those games where uh, the travelers just like 
imploded. No, it was actually it was Springfield and Springfield imploded to the like six or seven walks and like 10 wild pitches in one inning. I mean, it was just one of those Love typical it. minor league games that yeah. it just, you know, you're still talking about two or three years later. Someone's entire career is collapsing in front of you, and, <laughs> but it's $2 hot dog night or something. And, and so everyone's just cramming hot dogs and $3 beers. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, all right. So the, let's jump into some of the specifics of the last week. So I, I hesitate to even like continue to talk about this story, but we did have some, to some degree, some conclusion last week we were, <laughs> we were rage filled and I, and <laughs> remain to be to some degree about the Wilson Contreras situation. Uh, and the entire last week has been basically everybody walking it back as much as they can. Wilson Contreras saying, I don't know. I didn't make any changes. And now he's essentially been identified as the starting catcher again. Um, C70, how are you feeling about, about all of this? Yeah, well, it's a mess. There, there's no yeah. doubt about that. I do think it is, it is fair to say that if the Cardinals saw something, and again, it seems like they went about it the absolute wrong way, but I do appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that they tried to fix it instead of just letting it ride. Now, again, yeah. it's been a week. How much did that actually happen and all that? That's completely understandable. But I do think, you know, it would have been very easy for the Cardinals to, to say we spent $88 million and you're just going to be the the guy. And even if it's not working. Um, so, but all that said, the, the Cardinals have had, the Cardinals have had terrible communication with players. It feels like for like a decade or more. Um, right. And this is just the most extreme thing of it. And, you know, again, like Ben was said earlier, when, when you've got the losing streak on top of that and everything else is going wrong. Um, and it is an opportunity. It's, it's a, it's a missed a public misstep. The Cardinals don't make very often that allows yeah. media to, to focus on them. And, you know, sometimes when people are down, they get kicked a little bit. Yeah. Now, Ben, last week you turned into a big red cartoon character with steam blowing out of your ears. Yeah. Um, and I saw you actually levitate around yeah, eight inches yeah. off the ground, I believe. Um, how are you feeling this week? Um, vindicated. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> As if I was right and they were wrong um, mm-hmm. is, is mostly how I feel. Um, but yeah, I think it all comes down to and like C70. Maybe there was maybe there was something. Um, and maybe they did a really bad job of communicating that inward, outward, all around. They just did a bad job. Um, but the fact of the matter goes to like, they could have done this all in house. Um, nobody would have batted an eye and this team kind of prides themselves on everyone kind of pulling in the same direction. And this whole season, up until they start winning, which we said this last week, winning fixes everything, the yeah. team just really has not seemed like they're pulling all in the same direction. Um, Ali Marmol kind of fighting um, w- with the team a little bit. Obviously, the Wilson Contreras thing, um, just the roster composition doesn't seem to always make sense or be pulling in the same direction. So, I don't know. It's It's... I, it's hard to really put a finger on it other than like Mosellock needs to take a chill pill, take a step back and, and kind of really decide what he thinks this team is. Um, 
because it's constantly confusing me. We had a lineup this week. Um, I believe the team won, but where we had Brendan Donovan in left and Tommy Edmond in right, this is a team that has too many outfielders, and now we're shoving our infielders into the outfield. It kind of just goes along with the, what are we doing chasing our tail? We don't really know what this team is. Um, And there hasn't been that much turnover on the team. Like The team is pretty much who it was from last year. You add in, you subtract Yachty, you add in uh, Wilson Contreras, and obviously Pujols is gone, but uh, you knew those things were happening. So it's very strange to me. Um, yeah, but, but to go back to what I was saying earlier, I feel right. And I feel vindicated, um, in my, in my rant, in my rage. Well, yeah. So yes, I'll, I'll give you the general, uh, agreement that the, the collective rage was, was accurate. Thank However, you. you made, you made a big, uh, stink about Andrew Kisner never being the solution. I, it's been pretty good this last week, Vince. Are you are ready? We, are you ready to publicly apologize? Are to we Andrew saying Kisner? That a home run off of a mm-hmm. position player while yep. there were ducks on the pond has now changed our outlook yes. on this catcher. Did you know, Ben, did you what? know that Andrew Kisner is the first person to uh, pinch hit in the eighth or come in as a pinch runner and then hit a grand slam off of a position player in baseball history? Yeah. Did you and know wh- that? What What does did that you illustrate that? to you? What does that illustrate to you? He's the one. <laughs> the team was up by a lot. That's what it well, means. That's what we needed. It's the it's the it's the jolt that we well, needed. After his cheating home run, he still has an OPS plus of seventy eight, <laughs> which is significantly better than we got out of the catcher position last year. It is, which was him. So and Yadi Molina. <laughs> yeah, him and Yadi. Um, I it, it's not. I mean, I'm, I I like to give Ben a lot of grief about Andrew Kisner because um, <laughs> I do think that you know because Kisner coming up was considered more of a bat first catcher he than, was. A, than a defensive catcher. Yeah. And it is still difficult for us because we've only seen him in fits and spurts, although he did play a decent amount last year. Um, you know, when Austin Romine wasn't out there. Um, yeah. So it's my really, guy. Yeah. It's a little difficult to tell. Yeah. It, it, you know, is, is it a guy that you can move on from? Yes. Um, but he has, he has played better. I mean, what, three home runs in the last, uh, two or three weeks, which is, mm-hmm. I think, probably three more than Ben thought he would ever hit this season. So, <laughs> um, you know, there, there, there's at least flashes to the point that it's not a guy you want out there every day, but it hasn't hurt the team quite as much as, you know, 2022 yeah. Andrew Kisner did. Well, and I'll tell you, Daniel, like when he hits them, he, he like doesn't hit cheapies. When he hits them, they go. And it almost makes me wonder, like, you know, we've talked about this with the, with Wilson Contreras and kind of his lack of defense. It's really, really, really hard to be a major league, a good major league hitter and a good major league catcher, just because there's like only so much time in the day for you to work on these things. I do wonder if there, if uh, if Andrew could stop catching and, and do a position that required less work, if the bat would come around, and if he could somehow like not hit anymore, if he would be a better offensive catcher, I think it's just really hard to do. No, no individual issue with Kisner. He's just like he just isn't the guy. And I think um, I don't know. I think it's a hole the Cardinals should have filled, and they could have filled really easily, especially if they had the concerns that they appear to have with Wilson Contreras's defense go get a your version of Martin Maldonado with the Astros. Go get your catching defense game planning ace behind the plate. Yeah. Um, 
and they, don't rely on the guy that hasn't done it for five years. Well, it's way too early to start uh, trade deadline talks, but um, I've seen Yasmani Grandal thrown around as a uh, interesting trade target for the Cardinals. If we are going to see Contreras only as like a half time uh, catcher, you know, Grandal is is pretty good. He was horrible last year, but he seems to be having a pretty good year this year. Um, but we that's content for th- two months from now. We can't get into the uh, <laughs> we can't get into the trade deadline just yet. But uh, you know those things are starting to be discussed, which is always fun. And I just can't wait to spend two months talking about who we want to trade for, and then none of it happening. I was going to bring uh, up Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez today, so I guess I won't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, the the to close it out. I mean, I I did think it like it was very funny to me that. Flaherty basically came out on Sunday or something and, and basically apologized for the whole thing. He said, it's all on me. I said a couple things a, w- a couple weeks ago that I was, I was angry and it's on me to execute pitches. It's not on the catcher. And he basically walked back everything and apologized. Yeah. Uh, he said the right things, frankly. I mean, I like, it sucks that it all got out and like, it kind of feels like maybe, if it was like Flaherty and whoever that were driving that change, you kind of would have rather Mar- Marmol and Mazalek say like, no, <laughs> you know, that's not how we're going to do it. But instead they, they listened to him and, and jumped on it. But um, they've walked it back now. Contreras is starting again, not every game, but he's back there and they're winning. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that this can be put in the past and Contreras was great the whole time and did say, I have made no changes, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. But, but I love that. I mean, you know, like I, he's coming out on top out of this whole thing. I, I think like, you know, I, I think the average fan has been like, what the hell are they doing to Contreras? He's been great. Why are we doing this? And it's been more of a, a mark on like, Flaherty and 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 Mazalak and uh and Marmol and it certainly helps that like Contreras has just looked good and energetic and he's saying all the right things he he either has a really good PR guy or he is just a very uh like like socially aware person when it comes to like uh to that sort of thing right he's he almost always says the exact right thing yeah, uh, I, including saying things like the Cubs are a bad organization and I'm <laughs> glad to be a Cardinal. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think like, uh, you know, watching Wilson Contreras play and interview and, and, and everything like that every day, I knew I think I generally knew the kind of player, power player, decent on the bases, great arm, blah, 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 fiery competitor, all those things. Um, I don't think I realized how b- just big of a personality he is. Like he's yeah. always like making faces. He's always he's like always has an opinion that he is willing to share. It's all like, I, I really like it. I, I think it's kind of fun, especially with, uh, you know, guys like Goldie and, um, you know, Brendan Donovan and just kind of uh, Nolan Gorman might be the most boring person <laughs> on earth, even though he hits the balls hard, but, uh, well, it's kind even of fun. Arenado. Arenado is like, you know, twitched out of his mind. He is never not moving. He's never not uh, like making some crazy facial expression, but in his interviews and whatnot, he's like as down the line as (laughs) he possibly can. You know, it's like, there's a reason why him and Paul Goldschmidt are best friends. You know, they're like our personalities align. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a welcome change. And even Wayno, who's like a personality, who's probably going straight into the broadcast booth. You know, or maybe, I don't know, the top of the country music charts or whatever he's doing now. 
he uh you know he's got that like more quiet you know stoic approach and and yeah Contreras has been a great addition yeah. um all right the losing streak is done and in fact while we've been recording the Cardinals have just won the series against the Milwaukee Brewers huge win really could have won all three um but you know a sweep is a lot to ask for we'll definitely take a a, a series win against the Brewers uh a sweep against the Red Sox in Fenway which is crazy that felt um i was not you know i was like i hope we win one uh so what have they won seven of the last eight now um eight of the last uh, nine yeah um, yeah now eight of the last nine with uh tonight yeah so full-on reversal of everything still not a great record but this is what they need to be doing in order to get out of the dumpster out of the out of the basement um daniel you know, what has stood out to you most over the last week uh, in this in this turnaround? Uh, I think the biggest thing I think has to be Nolan Arnauto, yep. right? I mean, five home runs in five games, um, and and y'all have talked about it, uh, especially a couple of weeks ago, getting into it, and uh, I appreciate y'all fixing him. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, he's a listener. Yeah. Uh, I figure he, he still not the Bill DeWitt Patreon level though. Unfortunately, no, no, we just one. We just need one one time. <laughs> we promise we'll stop the show. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that just having that just obviously clicked the the, the lineup, right? I mean, you yeah, know, you didn't have that gap at three or four that um, just kind of spurred things. Um, so I think that's been the biggest thing. Um, it was obviously great to see a, a good start out of Jack Flaherty. Um, and the pitching staff has been better, uh, it feels like, over the last few games. Um, but I don't want to count those chickens just yet. But having uh, Arenado back to what he looks like, I think it's the biggest thing that I take away from it. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out when your best player is playing like your best player, uh, your team looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless your best player is really bad. But that's a, that's a, not, not the Cardinals right. case. So. Yeah. Hey, the, yeah, the A's and Brent Rooker, they're looking fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the, the you have to have a best player who actually, you know, is, meaning, <laughs> is a meaningful best player. Don't sleep on Rooker, man. That power, I think it's real. Hey, hey <laughs> he was an early draft pick. He's, hey, just got, needed a chance. Yep. Ben, what, what's, you know, we've got Arenado. Anything specific about Arenado or anything else you want to call about the uh, the turnaround? I think anytime Nolan's in a slump, let's take him back to uh, Boston. He loves hitting there. Um, yeah, it's what we Chowda. got the Chowda. Um, he, he said in an interview that he, he likes the energy there. He likes a uh, big Manny Ramirez fan, apparently. Um, and yeah, the fi- 1500 plus OPS uh, over the past week uh, really, really goes a long way. And I think like. Like kind of what Daniel was saying, just just to add on to that, you know, the idea of that your number three, four hitter going. I mean, if you're Nolan Gorman or Lars Newbar or anyone else in the lineup whose name is not Paul Goldschmidt, just has to ease you. And, and there's just more opportunities. There's more guys on base. There's more things being mixed around. Um, it just makes life easy. And, uh, you know, not to mention he's good at every other part of the game as well. But yeah, that's been huge. I think um, I've been really happy with the Cardinals at bats generally. I think that Newt has been a really, really tough out for a while now. Uh, Tommy Edmonds power this year has been really great. And those things added on to Nolan coming alive and Goldie being, you know, 
as steady as they come um, makes baseball a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I, I, another call out, you know, just as everyone predicted, Ben, just as you specifically predicted, the season has been saved by Andrew Kisner and (laughs) Paul DeYoung. Yes. At what point? At what point? Yeah. I think we need to do a deep dive. All right. But he's been great. And, you know, I think we've seen this a lot. This has been the Paul DeYoung experience as he comes back from uh, AAA, he crushes, and then the wheels fall off. Uh, We've not seen the wheels fall off yet, and he's been very good. Uh, He has a 143 WRC plus. He's put up 0.7 fan graphs war in his short return. Uh, He's been a big contributor in tonight's game. Uh, two run shot. I mean, he's, he's looking good. Now the, again, the stories with him is consistency. Does he, does it last more than a month? But in this exact moment, we're riding that wave. You can't, you can't talk about the win streak without giving a little bit of love to Paul DeYoung. So I will say I was prepared for this. I was doing the baseball savant and the fan grafting and everything like, like that, looking for a hole in Paul DeYoung's performance. And there's not really one there right now. Um, yeah. He's got uh, in obviously limited time. He's got the highest expected batting average of the stat cast era for him. He's got his uh, second highest expected slugging, uh, meaning that all the metrics are there. Um, he isn't hitting the ball that hard. Um, I, I think he's might be getting a little lucky right now, but we won't know until that evens out. Um, and the other thing is that the defensive metrics haven't been loving him like they normally do. So that I don't think we really care about. It's really the bad. I think the, the glove will, I, I believe it will be there at least to some degree, but, um, no, I'm absolutely not like a hundred percent buying it yet. I don't know how you're feeling, Daniel. It, it, it's hard if you know because i was thinking you know this feels like it has gone on longer but you start looking at the fact that he's only at 70 plate appearances for the year and it really probably hasn't you know we're still probably <laughs> in that range where it could start to drop off that said you know sometimes it feels like he's you know in the past he's crammed a lot of that good stuff in the first what two weeks or something right. like that and it is spread out a little bit more like i said a big home run tonight and it's not He's not just necessarily, you know, home run here, go 0 for 10 or 12, another home run. He's been pretty consistent. So yeah. I'm not, I'm like you, I can't, I can't buy it completely just because of his track record and there's too many other at bats. But I mean, it does feel like there's a possibility that this swing change that they talked about in, the, you know, in spring training, which was the, the, the talk of Jupiter, if it were, um, <laughs> has, maybe somewhat paid off a little bit more than what we have heard about those kind of things in the past. Um, so I, I was curious if, if I told you that over the last seven days, Paul Young has a 574 OPS, how would you feel about that? And then I guess the reason I even, or the reason I even wanted to look that up while we're talking is like, how long is his leash right now? Um, cause I think if one of us three was managing the team, it would be pretty short. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just throw that out to either of you. Well, I, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not super surprised. Like he is generally all or nothing. He's either crushing the ball or not at all. So uh, you, we don't see a lot of like, you know, weeks and weeks of a 700 OPS Paul DeYoung. It's either 
like a 900 or a 500, right? So mm. um, the 574 being uh, over the last week is alarming. Is it the start of the extended slump? Uh, does that include tonight's home run, Ben? Is that updated to you? Uh, no, it does not. No, okay. I think I think baseball reference updates. It, it updates at gotcha. midnight East Coast. Yeah. So uh, looking at the numbers a little bit, um, when Paul Young is at his best, uh, at least his seasons that he's had the best results, his strikeout percentage is in the 22 to 25% range, uh, which is high, but totally manageable in today's game. Uh, and when he's at his, at his worst, it's in the 30 to 35% range. Uh, and that's just, he's not effective at that rate. Right now, he's right in between. He's at around a 27%. So maybe this is a new Paul DeYoung, or maybe it's still too small of a sample size to really understand what we've got. Um, but I mean, I optimistic, like <laughs> I, I certainly hope that this is real. You know, uh, he's had some big hits over the last week and uh, it, it helps having a, an effective Paul Young in the lineup. But to answer your question, Ben, my thought is like the, the leash would be pretty low or pretty, pretty short. But I uh, also, I thought he should have been cut like three years ago. So, <laughs> sure. I, you know, I, my leash is like, you know, it ran out a long time ago. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to, you know, it's fair to note that Ollie Marmol didn't go overboard with Paul DeYoung last year. Right. Especially when he came back yeah. and, you know, once he did slow off, slow down that they kind of pulled him back and used him as bench guy and occasional starts here and there. So I do feel like if we saw, yeah, a couple of weeks of just miserable stuff, yeah. you know, and not even just results, but in all the metrics that they measure and stuff like that, then I think you would probably see him, you know, go to the bench because there are so many other options. You move Edmund back to shortstop, you get Donovan back out there. You've got more chances for Gorman in, in the outfield or in second base. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it's not, but I also think it's probably a little bit longer than it was, you know, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last year it became very obvious by the middle end of the year that like Donovan was something mm -hmm. special and worthwhile starting every day at second base and Edmund was playing really well at shortstop and having a great year. So it really did make it pretty easy and pretty justifiable not to have DeYoung out there every day. And I think we're basically seeing the same thing right now. Like every day Gorman sits feels like a bad day um, at this point. And I think he should just be the starting second baseman. He had a great play in the game last night, ranging to his right, crossing over basically in the shortstop territory and making an incredible throw. Like I think he's becoming a pretty good second baseman. And yeah. uh, I think he just needs to be there every day. And not that that's a crazy hot take. They're essentially doing that. Uh, they still are obviously hesitant to start him against lefties, but we're starting to see that more and more. Um, so they're handling him, I think, in the way most most teams would. Um, but like, it's it's going to be really easy to squeeze DeYoung out if he uh, if he struggles. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I did want to hit a couple of numbers about kind of just like the Cardinals, this winning streak, what this means, and kind of their place in the division. Um, so we talked about how Fangraphs was projecting the Cardinals to have a negative run differential for the remainder of the year. I think it is really fun. We talked about that a week ago. I think it is really fun that that is already not true. Uh, they have flipped their run differential to positive that these numbers are not including tonight's numbers. So obviously they they put up three and gave up none. So that increases us even more. They now have two, two, 210 runs scored, 204 runs allowed. 
obviously boosted by scoring 18 runs in one game, but we're just talking about run differential right now. Um, that puts the Cardinals Pythag before tonight's game, before Wednesday night's game, to be clear, at 22 and 21. The Brewers are 500, 21 and 21, according to their Pythag. 183 runs versus uh, scored versus 179 runs allowed. So that is more of like an emotional victory. Obviously, we still are where we are in the standings and the uh, Brewers are still where they are. But I do think that that is noteworthy and worth mentioning. And and another thing to note, and and this is, um, I I guess, a problem with the new schedule and and how it's organized and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But after tonight's game, uh, Wednesday night's game, the Cardinals and Brewers do not face each other again until the final weeks of the season, seven of the final 13 games. So. I think we feel pretty good about that's how the division is going to end. And though it might be those, that group of games that does, does the, or uh, sorry, decides the division. We'll see. I mean, kind of hopefully, right? Like at this point, I would love to say by that week of the season, the Cardinals will have such an insurmountable lead uh, in the division that seven games against the Brewers won't matter. But at this point, I think our best hope is that that is the chance to win the division is like those games to, yeah. to seal it, um, which that'll be fun. It'll I be hope. something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I have been the, the grump that has not necessarily been excited about this new schedule and things like that are a little bit of, of the of reason is, you know, I know they scheduled the Brewers down there because they thought these two teams would be fighting for the division, make good baseball at the end. But uh, to go from May to September, I mean, this team, both teams will probably be a little bit unrecognizable by the time they, by the time they get there. Yeah. And, and it yeah. kind of makes it, there is a chance where those games won't mean anything, which is yeah. boring. Um, yeah. But it feels, yeah. it feels overdone, you know, like, Take out one of the okay. Let's do a four game series against the Brewers in the last week of the season. That's exciting. That hopefully matters. That should, but like, let's also do a three game right around the All Star break or something. Like, yeah. split it out a little bit more. I I agree that like a three month gap between the division rivals, uh, the two contenders for the division is is too much. So let's talk about some of the other uh, notable for performances over the last week that have led to this winning streak. Um, we touched on it a little bit uh, already, but uh, how good was it to see Jack Flaherty looking like uh, the Jack Flaherty that we've wanted to see for for years now, uh, even with Wilson Contreras behind the plate? Uh, it was uh, it was an incredible game. I mean, seven innings, ten strikeouts, uh, three uh, three hits, but all singles. Like they they never had a chance against uh, Jack that night. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, his fastball velocity was there, and uh, I I'm not sure if uh, Jimmy the Cat or uh, Derek Gould or anyone was brave enough to ask him about that post game, but. Uh, <laughs> Him hitting 95 was nice. Um, him uh, looking confident, like getting the ball and throwing it and um, kind of getting it back and going again. The slider looked nice. Everything looks great. And yeah, in spite of uh, Wilson Contreras' game calling, he he was tremendous. So uh, yeah, super happy about it. 
Yeah. So what are your, either one of your level of confidence that we'll see another start like that? Maybe not to that level, because that was pretty extreme, but even that kind of start out of Flaherty in his next two or three. I mean, I, I, I don't mean this. I mean, this is exactly like w- without any other context behind it. I think Jack's a little bit of a head case. And I do think a game like this can result in really positive momentum going forward. Now, I wouldn't like I probably wouldn't even pick him up on my fantasy team, let alone bet any real money on this. But like, you know, my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I don't know, but if he turns in another great start like this, if the fastball is where it is, if the slider is biting downward, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, or or I guess I I wouldn't be surprised if he felt like he proved something to himself the other night with that performance. It hadn't felt like Jack could do that again. Mm -hmm. Like we haven't really seen that the, the fastball life, the movement, location the consistency uh, seven innings of doing it like i i i kind of agree with ben that like i'm probably not picking him up on my fantasy team um (laughs) which uh yeah c70 is in our league and drafted like every cardinal possible so (laughs) his team is riding this season uh uh, the the Safe to say that the last few weeks have been pretty rough for old uh, Daniel's fantasy team, but it's turning around now. It is. But anyway, um, yeah, we're both we're just like circling the drain here on an answer because it's like I don't know. We've spent the last two and a half years basically with Jack Clarity being like, "When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen?" And this feels like the first game that we've seen in quite a while where it's like, "Okay, that's the Jack that we all know actually exists." Can he do it again? I hope so. I wouldn't bet on it, though. Not that. But if we can even get 80% of that on a consistent basis, uh, like that's still a valuable pitcher, and we need all of that we can get right now. Tell me if this makes any sense, but do you remember last year, Corey Dickerson was horrible (laughs) for the majority of the year, right? Uh, Buddy, 10 10 out of 10 hit streak or whatever. Remember that? And then he basically had this like this this thought process change where he was like, I, I know I'm not the guy anymore. I just got to go up there and swing hard as I can at a pitch that looks good and let it eat. Like it kind of felt like Jack just said, like, screw it. Let's throw the ball like let's I'm Jack Flaherty. I'm going to just go go up here, throw the ball hard, play my game and you know, whatever happens, what happens. Um, that comparison might be completely insane, but do you, you know what I'm talking about? Does that make any sense? Yeah. So if listen to people out there, if you're struggling, just sink into the abyss and, <laughs> and say, fuck it. And just throw as hard as you can. I mean, um, yeah, he gave, why up not? 10, he gave up 10 runs in the start right before that. So right. I guess like nowhere else to go, but up from there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. He definitely, he, he definitely seems like to be the type of guy that his, uh, emotional state significantly impacts his performance. Right. And that's how most people are, right? Like, that's not even a criticism. Like if you're 
like sports, especially baseball, like they, they try to beat that out of you. Right. That's why you have a Paul Goldschmidt who's like favorite food is probably milk. Um, you know, they want to, they want to like remove all flavor from people so that you like, I think you like, uh, Getty with no sauce. <laughs> yeah. Just, just noodles with a glass of milk. <laughs> you know, they, they try to cut all of that out of you because humans are less or are, are impacted by their emotions. Right. Yeah. And, and, and some people can spin that into a positive in sports, but it, it tends to beat you down more than it is like a, a weapon for you. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, what, Ben, this might be crazy, but I sure hope he does it again. Wow. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's that's my hot. Yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that actually. Yeah, Daniel, do you agree? Do you hope he does it again? I, I think we can make that unanimous. Yes. Wow. All right, and that's the kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, agreements, bridge building that we do on this show. <sighs> oh, man, you brought right. it home too. All right, <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about Large Newt Bar. How about that guy? Uh, Wowie wee wow. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. Um, finally, one of the outfielders seems to be really landing the spot and sticking. He he's playing every day at this point. Um, ben, what do you got on on Lars Newbar? What are you seeing I, out of him? Well, I love this note that I uh, I think that you're glancing at right now. Um, but uh, I, I was very excited to find this. Lars Newbar is Juan Soto, um, <laughs> is what the outline says. Yeah. Should I should I add more? Or is that fine? I think it's fine. No, I like you just telling us <laughs> your own notes. What else you got in your little? Uh, well, let, let's talk about it for a second more, if that's okay. Uh, okay. So Lars Nupar is Juan Soto. Soto leads the National League in walk percentage, and Lars is less than one percent behind him. It's like six a point six percent difference in walk rate. Lars is getting on base at a four hundred thirty four clip, and Soto. Um, is getting on at about 4.10. They both have an identical WRC plus of 147, essentially meaning that their offensive production has been almost the exact same. Lars has been um, getting on base a little bit more, and Soto has been hitting the ball a little bit harder. But when I looked at I thought that that was amazing. Um, the fact that essentially, like, who needs to trade for Juan Soto? And I know Soto's having a slightly down year, although he's picking it up now. Um, I really just wanted to say that to illustrate how good and underrated Lars has been early this year um, with everything that's kind of going around him. He has still been a stud and I think should be leading off every game. So you're saying the Cardinals should have two Juan Sotos. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto and, and then Lars Newbar is, is Juan Soto. Yeah, I, I do wish they had accepted that trade offer of Dylan Carlson straight up for Juan Soto. I can't believe they turned that down. It's foolish. Um, yeah. Uh, but is Juan Soto uh, starring in Japanese commercials shot in downtown Clayton? No, I don't think so. So I think, you know, Lars is a plus above Juan Soto. Who's the real point. star? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's doing Mother's Day um, um, interviews with their mom? Oh, my I mean, God. Come on. How cute you know. was that? That was adorable. Yeah. His mom was in the commercial too. Exactly. So Lars's mom is becoming a star. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Maybe they could trade, you know, well, they wouldn't trade Lars's mom for new Juan Soto now, would they? No. I mean, no. 
Yeah. You, you would, you'd need more that you'd have to ask for more. Yeah. Throw a Fernando Tatis Jr. in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any, any other, uh, Ben or, or Daniel, any other things from the, uh, the winning streak the last week that you want to talk about? I think uh, we've kind of touched on Nolan Gorman already and, and you're right. He needs to play every day, but I think the, it, it, the amazing ability that he had to come off the bench, especially in some of those late games and just yeah. huge hits like that. That's, that's gotta be difficult for a guy that, you know, is not well experienced in the league. He's played some, but um, to come off the bench in, in those huge moments and it just doesn't seem like anything phases him at all. So, you know, that, that was pretty impressive. I thought to see those kind of, you know, and not, I mean, you know, twice in a row off Kenley Jansen, uh, you know, just, just doesn't really happen. So that was cool. And Kenley has had quite a revival this year. Um, mm-hmm. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. It certainly didn't look like it uh, that weekend, but he's been incredible. Uh, unlike, I, I think he had a, a champagne hangover after getting to 400. Yeah, it may be. It feels weird to say he's like underrated um, because he was the closer for the Dodgers and the, the Bra- like. He's been on huge teams, but he fe- I f- he feels like one of the least talked about likely Hall of Famers in like our our current game. Uh, yeah. At this yeah. point, he's got to be on track for the Hall of Fame, right? Like he's been. I, I think four hundred pretty much uh, that at least makes that it's going to be a real conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the magic yeah. number. And like uh, he's been a closer on huge teams, and yeah, it World Series, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't feel like you know you talk about like current Hall of Famers, and I don't really feel like he gets mentioned that much. Um, not oh, not to say, mention he's still going. Sorry, Daniel. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, no. With the revival, he could he could pitch for another five years. He's only like thirty four or something like that, so um, he could go for quite a while. Yeah, to some degrees it feels like he has been he hasn't been around that long. In some degrees it feels like he pitched to Babe Ruth. So um, <laughs> it, it's hard to know exactly, but you're right. He, yeah. he could go for a while. Also, I just this has nothing to do with anything. It's just one of those things that puts a smile on your face. The Cubs just blew a three death, a three run lead in the ninth to lose. Yeah, so, let's go. That's <laughs> always fun. So. Yes, man, our shit division. There's <laughs> there's no good teams in the in El Central. Just there's thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, how about uh, Wilson Contreras messing with Kenley Jansen uh, <laughs> in the in the game? How, how good was that? Uh, this is what I'm talking about. This guy, he is he is locked in. He I, like I, I can't believe more people aren't doing that. Really, um, especially when it comes to these like max effort throw 98 with movement closers. Um, Throw off their timing. Take your time. You can use the clock yeah. to your advantage, which I think is a, a fault in the design of the pitch clock personally, but those are the rules. So use them to your advantage. Well, it yeah. be fair. Uh, Nate, go ahead. Well, if, if anybody's listening, didn't see this, uh, would you care to kind of explain what Contreras was doing to Kenley? Sure. Like, how, how do you do Like, essentially, he would stand in the box. Wilson Contreras would stand in the box. He would put one foot outside of the box, wait until it gets to about eight. Right before eight, he would get settled and make eye contact with him. And then Kinley would kind of start. And Kinley kept trying to start much sooner than that. But again, 
as it is written, the batter has until eight. And essentially, once you look, once the batter and the pitcher look at each other and make eyes, then you can <laughs> uh, start the action. Um, I, I, I just to reiterate, I think this is a dumb rule. I think the pitcher should be able to throw whenever they're ready. Um, but uh, I think they should have to blow a little kiss to each other. <laughs> yeah, but Wilson kind of, you know, like. There's a rhythm to pitching, of course, and Wilson th- deliberately throwing him off, I, I think clearly resulted in um, that win. I, I will say that um, MLB put out a memo today basically because of that, um, <laughs> saying, uh, trying to clarify that a batter can't really stand out in and out of the box and um, basically clarifying it. Don't do that again, Wilson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I Which can't is really awesome. Think. Yeah. yeah. But, well, it's yeah. like the, the league had to do with Max Scherzer, who was kind of doing like the pitcher version of that in spring training too, where he was like holding until the very, very last second and and messing with the, the timing. That's where the like eye contact thing came from yeah. too. So the, the league is clearly like a bunch of, I don't know, I guess the minor leagues, there, there's a difference uh, you know, they did this in the minors for a full year. And I I don't know. I wonder if like minor league guys were way more afraid to like game it because they're, they're just trying to come up, you know, they're not trying to, they're not trying to stand out for anything other than their performance, but a guy like Max Scherzer or a guy like Wilson Contreras, who's like, they're not going anywhere in the majors, you know, they'll, they'll game other major league players. Like there's definitely been a lot more of that than I think probably the league expected with these rule changes. Yeah. Uh, And I think I love it. I mean, I think it's ultimately going to whittle down a lot of these rules into something that makes sense. And that's just kind of the process, but it has been funny to see these like elite gamers, you know, like sort of fuck with each other around like a stupid little clock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so we've got uh, a few more things to talk about. Um, but before we do, we want to give Daniel a chance to tell all of our listeners how they can find his shows and how you might engage more in the C70 universe. <laughs> See, there's an alternate yeah. universe out uh, there where it's yeah. actually kind of cool to do that. Um, <laughs> the, e, but... the EC70U. <laughs> Uh, you find me on Twitter at C70. That's usually where you're going to find all the wonderful, uh, puns and things that you've come <laughs> to expect from my Twitter account. Um, and then you will block me. Um, it's like the dad joke central of, of Cardinal Twitter. I beat C70 to a pun a couple of weeks ago and it made me so happy. <laughs> And that's the kind of joy I like to bring to people. So, um, you obviously can listen to the shows, uh, Meet Meet Mutual, Gateway to Baseball Heaven, find them. If you're wherever you found this show, you'll probably find that show there too. Um, it might even be in your recommended listens if you've listened to this show. Um, and then I occasionally write um, over at C70 It's Bat, and then it's the Substack, uh, Cardinal 70 Substack.com. So, I think that's everything. Yeah, highly recommend all of Daniel's content. Uh, And hey, if you want to find out what we said wrong on this show, uh, consider joining our Patreon where you get access (laughs) to our private Discord where Daniel is in there 
telling us what we got wrong <laughs> on each episode. It is a valuable service. We are, I always appreciate it. I never see those messages. <laughs> yeah, weird. You have just a, a blind spot. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This time it's going to be, you chose the wrong guest. So <laughs> start with better guests. No. Um, so this show is uh, listener supported on Patreon. Um, we, we really appreciate everyone who takes the time to even listen to us, but if you enjoy the show and want to support it, uh, even further, consider joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds, uh, supporters at every level, including the build a wit level. It's only $1.5 million a month. We just need one of you and we promise we'll cancel the show. But if you subscribe at the lower level, uh, you get access to our private, uh, discord server. It's called the bird scored. Ben and I are planning some. We're we're gonna put together a little schedule of uh, games we're gonna watch together on the on the bird scored video or or audio, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, just a nice space to talk to other Cardinal fans um, and talk to us and 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 just you know get away from some of the noise of other social media and speak directly with other Cardinal fans. Uh, Patreon.com/slash talking about birds. Uh, we also appreciate anyone and everyone who takes the time to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Go in there, subscribe to Daniel's shows, and then leave us a review. <laughs> Perfect. Five stars only, by the way. Five stars only. Yep. <laughs> um, ben, where can people find us online otherwise? We are on the Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. We are on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, we are on Spotify if you want to listen to us there. Uh, we got a TikTok. Check us out on TikTok if you want to see our TikTok. Uh, you can email us thoughts, questions, musings, concerns, guest recommendations to talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, and uh, if all that's too much, you can just go to talkingaboutbirds.com. Uh, all that stuff is there, talkingaboutbirds.com. Talking about birds.com. All right. Talking about birds.com. Talking about birds. Talking about birds.com. I don't know why. I feel like a like a real radio professional saying a URL for some reason. Yeah. Uh in that like sweet spot of like 2002, yeah. um, where a URL was still cool to say. All right. Um <laughs> Wow, there's been a, a handful of roster moves <laughs> over the last... <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> I mean, where do you go from there? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> ben and I forgot we were recording for a little bit there, I think. <laughs> Record as if no one's listening, Nate. Uh, yeah. Because... Uh, which, A is... Because no one yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roster moves, hey, roster uh, moves, roster moves. Roster Here, moves. Let me yeah. drive for a second. What you're drunk Thank at the you. wheel or something? Okay. The Cardinals <laughs> have announced that they're going with a six-man rotation. Our buddy, friend of the pod, Matthew Liberator, has joined the club. He actually pitched on Wednesday night, the night we're recording this. Um, and my thoughts on this, Nate, it's about time. Where 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 have they been hiding this kid? Obviously, the fastball looked great. The breaking stuff looked great. He had a great start. Held the uh, held the Brewers to five or uh, zero runs over five innings. Um, loved it. Yeah, we've been uh, calling for a six man rotation uh, basically since the second week of the season, and and now we're here. You know, there there. I don't totally understand why now and not a week ago or not two weeks ago. Um, it seems like. Uh, Libertor has been fantastic at AAA all year this year. It seems like he could have even broke camp in the rotation. 
Um, but he's here now, and it seems like they're giving him the uh, the runway by announcing it's a six-man rotation. Uh, interestingly, the line he had tonight was the exact same line he had against the Brewers last year. Uh, wow. So, uh, But if you remember last year, he was up, he was down. They, 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 they never really felt like he got a good run at it. And partly was because of his performance. Um, so I don't want to, it wasn't like he was jerked around while crushing every day, but still he never really got a good run at the rotation. I'm hopeful that that's what we're about to see is, uh, you know, months of Libertor going every five, because at this point, what else can he prove in the minors? We've got to see it in the majors and we've got to give him the chance to adjust for the league to adjust to him and him go back and, and so forth. Because, what 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 else are we doing? We we Woodford or Matt or like no he he's one of the best options. I'm throwing my hands up in the air. <laughs> Ben's throwing his hands up in the air. Um, Daniel, I assume you're throwing your hands up in the air too. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, <laughs> in other news, uh, Dylan Carlson goes on the IL, and Oscar Mercado comes up and take his takes his spot. Daniel, why Oscar? Why now? Why why does this make sense? Yeah. Um, I think that (laughs) to some degree, I'm guessing one that while Jordan Walker is making strides with everything they've sent him down to do, they still haven't, aren't ready for him to come up yet because I do think that if he comes up again, they want to keep him up. Right. I mean, they, they don't really want to do this back and forth thing. So let's, let's go there with that i think that they wanted to bring up a guy that they didn't necessarily have to try to work into this rotation which they already got you know a number of people that being said we've also seen tommy edmund in the outfield so i i don't know what that's all about um but and it may be just i mean mccardo's done well but i think there's a little bit of the feel-good story there right i mean a guy that gets drafted by the cardinals never plays for them has never in his career, even though he's played in the major leagues, never has played at Bush Stadium until tonight. When he I didn't know that that was show. true, huh? Yeah, because the Indians and when well, they were the Indians, then, uh, never came uh, to Bush while he huh. was on the roster. And so I was reading mm. that tonight that he's never played. He'd never played at Bush Stadium. Never had a chance to obviously put the Cardinal uniform on in the big leagues. So it was cool to see him get a chance to do that. And I'm guessing a short term thing. If they put him on because he'll probably have to go on waivers if he goes back down, probably clears. There's a lot of this, like, it's not it's not a big enough deal, I'm assuming, that especially since they're backdating Dylan Carlson, it's just not a big enough deal to, you know, throw the whole roster into a huge turn. Let's just do this minor move, and it doesn't yeah. matter if he plays or not. That's yeah. just all I can figure. Um, it was still a little bit weird, though. It... It, it you yeah you're kind of making a crowded situation more crowded. I will say one thing that I, I'm moderately excited about now that I'm, I'm kind of looking at his stat line at AAA again. He's got 15 steals on the season already. Yeah. Um. So so that's kind of exciting. I mean, is there a version of this move where it actually he sticks for a minute? Um. I'm not sure. Well, well, what we saw tonight uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Is that Burleson started? And then Cardinals get a lead. It's still a tight game. They bring out, they take out Burleson and Mercado goes in. Yeah. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. That's what he's here for. Um, And yeah, I think with Carlson, like it, they were trying to avoid the IL. 
you know, and so it, it definitely feels like this is a minimum stay. And yeah, bringing up, I think if Walker was crushing down at the minors, they would have used this as the opportunity to bring him back up and reinsert him and all that. But uh, he he really hasn't made the change that they, they at least are saying that they're looking for in the minors. So let's do this good feel good story. Mercado has been playing very well beyond the 15 steals. Like everything has looked pretty good for him down at AAA. So, and at one point he was considered to be uh, a pretty well-regarded prospect and, and was not bad for the guardians for a little while. So like, you never know with these guys, like he's still relatively young. Maybe you catch a light blooming situation and he's actually kind of good for you. Like, you know, it's kind of a low risk, Let's say low mid reward, but that's <laughs> that's what you're looking for with yeah. with a with this sort of situation. Is um, there is there a possibility? Well, we saw we we started today, and maybe this is we'll get into that. I don't know, but uh, that Tyler O'Neill's rehab is not going in the way that they want it to. It looks like he's going to be out longer than they thought. Such um, a bummer. Is there a is there a possibility that when Carlson comes back, that Burleson? goes to Memphis and Mercado stays up as this fourth outfielder, you know, Could defensive be. replacement. Could be. Uh, we're both big Burleson fans, but at, at, at some point you got to recognize that the, the results have not been there. He's still not striking out, but um, he's also not hitting the ball as hard as he was. He's not getting the results that I, uh, you know, we were hoping for. He's been coming around a little bit more, but he's also losing playing time. So yeah, it, it could be. And, and his defense defensive value is is so low right now with uh, him not really playing first at all. Um, but yeah, I don't I mean, it seems like that makes the most sense, but Carlson's not hitting either. I, I wonder. I mean, really, if if Mercado can hit league average or slightly above that forces him into the starting outfield, right? Like a- almost immediately next to Newt. I mean, could. It could, yeah. Yeah, and if he can steal, you know, 15 bags in a month at the major league level, um, which Cardinals aren't a big stolen base team. We all kind of thought no. they might be this year, but they're really not. Like, it's picked up a little bit over the winning streak because, you know, winning fixes everything. But, like, they, they're not a big – they're the beef boys. It's a beefy team. Yeah. I think Tommy Edmund has, like, four in the last two days, though. So yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. It's either finding the right – and maybe also finding the right catcher to run on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, you you kind of uh you kind of touched on this, Daniel. The uh Tyler O'Neill was supposed to start a rehab assignment today, uh or uh tomorrow, this week. Um, and that's been pushed back. Uh, it sounds like he's not even doing baseball activities right now. The rehab is not going the way they want it to go. Um and that's that's a big hole. E- even if Tyler isn't performing super well, he's still, you know, a threat and a great defender. Um, and not having that there is a big deal for the Cardinals right now, I think. Yeah. Uh, what, what other roster moves, Ben? Uh, that's all I got right now. Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the series that's coming up. Uh, we see the Dodgers again, four games at home. This should be a fun one. Uh, I might be going to a game. Schedule's still a little up in the air, but hoping to catch uh, the Saturday night game. Uh, so I'll let you all know if I end up going. But um, yeah, I mean, four games against the Dodgers. The, 
we're catching them at the wrong time. The Dodgers are red <laughs> yeah. hot right now. Yeah, they are. Um, you never root for an injury, but it looks like Dustin May is going to miss a little bit of time, who has been um, probably their best or, or second best pitcher, him and Kershaw. Um, I mean, Will Smith is a superstar at this point. Mookie and Freddie Freeman, everyone knows who they are. Um, and Max Muncie is fully bouncing back, having a great year. I mean, this, the, the, the guess who's in first in the national league West. It is not the Padres. Um, like I think most people thought, uh, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. Um, yeah, I think there was a yeah. little bit of over like, it's like, oh man, the Dodgers didn't go and spend $300 million on a superstar this off season. They're collapsing. It's like, yeah, maybe they're a slight step down from last year or the year before, but they also won like 107 games and 104 games or whatever. So even a slight step down from that is a like, you know, high 90s win team. Uh, so uh, I think the 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 death of the Dodgers was a little, <laughs> um, you know, a little overblown. Uh, Will Smith has a 613 slugging right uh, on the year right now. He has 16 walks and eight strikeouts. So would you say that Will Smith slaps? <laughs> Man. Oh my yeah. God. I hate that. I laughed. I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> do I make a slap joke? And I'm like, no, no, I shouldn't make a slap joke. And you just fucking walk right in <laughs> and make a better one than I was. Uh, it's good though. Yeah. May may the slap never be forgotten. <laughs> what a what a moment for our culture. I mean, uh, and, and it's great because we're moving on from uh, the you know Will Smith getting jiggy with it move to now the Will Smith slap jokes. It's, it's just an evolution of what we get. Yeah, yeah. It only took thirty years between getting jiggy with it and the, and the slap. Thank you for making me feel a little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yes, to answer your question, Will Smith does slap. He does slap. Uh, also, how do you feel about this? Jason Hayward officially has a 101 OPS plus, making him 1% better than the average major leaguer this year. He's found it, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. The, yeah. You know, the, everyone says the Cardinals have devil man, magic. The Dodgers. The Dodgers are dripping yeah. with the blue blood of devil magic all over them. It's The, like, the difference is that they take players that have been good and, you know, make them good again. Whereas Cardinals take guys that nobody's ever heard of and <laughs> into a, you know, all-star for about, you know, a year or so. Honestly, as much as I've heard about Jason Hayward, and again, I don't follow it as much as y'all do, but I was almost a little surprised it was that low. I mean, it's, he's definitely seems to have stepped up at, at a lot of times. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I mean, anytime you get out of Wrigley, it's got to be a great thing for a player. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously the Dodgers, Dodgers first, you know, this is the reason they win all the time. Besides the fact they got all the money, they got a whole lot of smart people over there too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think far and away, they're the best at putting the right people in the right position to mm -hmm. be successful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of devil magic, what do you think uh, Corey Spangenberg is up to right now? I feel like there's a spot on the on the roster for him. Corey Spangenberg. Remember I, last year? Now I'm looking it up. Yeah, I expected, <laughs> I expected him to be on the the Marlins uh, coaching staff this year, but I don't think he actually got. Oh yeah, yeah. He was a big. I mean, Skip brought him in 
Oh, I I have terrible news. No. He does not have any baseball reference posting for 2023. He may have retired. Mm. So sorry. Did you know he was a first round pick, 10th overall? Yeah, he was one of those dudes. That's the whole thing with him is that he was like, you know, uh, he was well regarded for a long time. Wow. Yeah. And now this podcast talks about him. (laughs) (laughs) The lowest of lows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia says he's a free agent. Ah, okay. Free agent, we mean, yeah, you're retired. You just don't. He hasn't filed the paperwork. Yeah. Right. All right. What we've got the series against the Reds. Um, how are we feeling about uh, a few games against the Reds? What are you seeing from the Reds right now, Ben? Uh, I mean, you should feel pretty good about this. Uh, I-, I will say that uh, Hunter, I just got to watch a Hunter Green start on Monday of this week. It's it's worth it. He's just awesome. If you, if you can, yeah. uh, if you can do that. Uh, make yourself watch that. Um, outside of that, um, this team is really, really bad. Um, they just called up, uh, prospect Matt McLean, uh, who's playing shortstop for them. Now Spencer steer is having an okay season. He's a, a prospect that should have a, a probably more power than he's got right now. Uh, Jonathan India ha- has decided to uh, go back to walking again, um, which he hated to do last year. Um, Will Myers has been really, really bad. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's about it. I, I think, um, Nick Senzel might be breaking out a little bit, um, yeah. but it's kind of hard to tell when you're like <laughs> surrounded by so much crap. Um, it, we'll see if anything's actually happening there or if he's just getting pitches. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a bad team. Yeah, they're bad, but they, they do have an interesting uh, depth of position player prospects that are starting to come up. Matt McLean is kind of the 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 dam breaking so to speak but like you know keep an eye on the reds offense uh it might be pretty good by the end of the year it's not gonna challenge for any sort of good record this year it's a lot of young guys but uh they they have like they have one of the top prospects in baseball uh ellie de la cruz who matt mcclain just leapfrogged because matt mcclain has been out hitting like everyone in the minors uh so we love to shit on the reds and always will and, and forever will. Um, but they have an, they have sort of an Orioles path to success coming, which is just a lot of young hitting prospects that are all going to come up right around the same time. So, uh, but, and and they've developed a little bit of pitching too, right? Yeah. Hunter green, like you said, and, uh, Dolo, Dolo, Ashcraft, um, you know, just enough to, you know, I think that, their bullpen still needs some work and they play in great American, which, you know, from the Cardinals go in there, the Cardinals usually have success, but they also have some very interesting and somewhat ugly games at times too. So yeah, um, you, you never know exactly what you're going to get against that, but, but yeah, it, it's a series that they should win. That being said, y'all's record at picking series lately is terrible. Dude, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're I, like, I, they might be bad in Boston, but hopefully the, you know, the Brewer series is good. And yeah. I mean, I, I usually wind up listening to the show, you know, two, three, four days later, just the way I get, I get to it. And so it's like, yeah, they, you know, they should be able to beat the angels. Uh, no, not even close. Or Detroit, but yeah. Uh, so I, I maybe just start picking against them completely and uh, we'll just see how that goes. I refuse. No. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, th- I think I forgot C7, you're talking about how good they're, they have some good young pitching. I think I kind of forgot Alexis Diaz was over there. Um, brother of Ed, uh, Edwin Diaz. He is so good at baseball. Um, yeah. so stay away from him. Everything. They're closer. Everything in between though. Yeah. They're not a winning team right now, but they have some pieces that if it clicks, they could be good. You know, maybe 2024. I, I bet they're viewing their window really is like 2025. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll start to see some of those guys. And if some of them click right out of the gates, like th- they will be a, a somewhat dangerous team. But right now, not really, you know, basement yeah. of the NL Central. So uh, let's run through some of the league news real quick. Uh, ben, what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, just a little bit. The A's set a record low for attendance going back to 1979 with 2,064 paid fans in attendance if you read uh, any articles about that it looked like it was really closer to 1400 people that showed up at the stadium which uh was bizarre um so yeah. again more news just crapping on the a's because uh they deserve it and i feel bad for their fans yeah i mean can you imagine spending money to go to an a's game right now uh, other than some novelty you know, like I want to go to an A's game right now because that sounds wild to be at a stadium with that level of attendance. And I bet that's what a lot of people are there for is like either that or well, some a like, lot of people is not the right term. Yeah. But yeah, or if you're actually a, an Oakland resident who's an Oakland A's fan, you know, you're probably like trying to get what you can while it's still there, which sucks. W- would you do that? I wouldn't do that. I'd go yeah, watch know. the Giants or I'd do something else or not be a baseball fan. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I don't, I mean, if you, especially, you know, cause I have fond memories of the A's from the eighties, the late eighties, um, you know, could say go McGuire years where they were winning. Um, and we've seen a lot of boom and bust a little bit out there, but we've seen really good A's teams. I, you know, if I think if I had grown up watching them, I, I kind of think I'd be like that. I'd go just because you do, you're right. It won't be there soon. Now, once they move, do you move over to the Giants or somebody? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and if nothing else, the concession lines are dead. I'm short. <laughs> I was, so, do they well, even but, no, fire no, up they, the grill? Like, <laughs> they, I think they opened like five of them. I like they, they don't staff the ballpark either. You know, yeah. it's like, a like, uh, it's, it's made to order. It's like, you just <laughs> yeah. order in, oh, Dude, I bet those nachos, yeah. that's the best nachos you can get. They're making them right Man. there in front of you. Old school diner style. To, sure. to give, pick, me, oh, give me an extra squirt or two of that cheese. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. That's what I'd be. Stick it to Fisher anyways. Um, <laughs> cause those people are going to have jobs soon. That's, that's sad yeah. to think about. I watched Moneyball over the weekend. Uh, I had a couple too many drinks at the Rockies game. And then slightly hung over, watched Moneyball first thing in the morning. And it did make me miss the A's not that long ago. The A's were that team that were always finding a way to be competitive in the playoffs and finding new guys. Seemed like finding Brent Rookers, multiple Brent Rookers every year. Um, yeah. Not even that it, long It's ago. such like, a bummer. Yeah. They were, they yeah were that's what I'm like saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sean yeah. Murphy is the best player in baseball per Fangraphs war. Or, or he might be second best, but anyway, like they just, yeah, it, it's it's sad, and I feel for him. Vegas, baby. Yeah, something totally opposite in the news. The Orioles have added a splash zone to their uh, splash zone <laughs> fan section in the outfield, and I don't know if you've seen a clipper of this or not, but essentially, there's a small section of the bleachers, and there's a guy that has like a big 
water gun hooked up to a hose. And when they score, hit a home run or something interesting happens, he sprays them all and everyone goes crazy. I think every team should have a splash zone. I don't (laughs) care if it's target field up in Minnesota. If someone hits a home run, there should be at least a percentile chance that you get soaked. Should and that you should just be across the entire stadium? <laughs> that would be awesome in you know early April in Minnesota. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm you know, coat them in ice. That's great. Yeah. Do, do you pay more or less for the splash zone? More. Okay. You yeah, feel comfortable? It's a party, baby. It's a party. All right. Um, Domingo, Domingo Herman was ejected from the Yankees Blue Jays game for sticky stuff. A 10 game suspension is likely incoming. Um, I don't know if either of you paid attention to this series over the weekend, uh, but the Blue Jays and uh, Aaron Judge and the Yankees were uh, fighting. I mean, there was a point where Aaron Boone and John Schneider were arguing about where their third base coaches were lined up. And Aaron Boone almost got tossed out of the game for yelling at the Blue Jays third base coach. Anyways, Domingo Herman, um, the umpire said it was the stickiest stuff he'd ever seen on somebody's hand before. Uh, and and like I said, likely 10 game suspension incoming here. Not going to touch that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Daniel. <laughs> Sticky stuff joke. Um, I mean, I, we, we said this with the, the last one, like, there needs to be a better system than old man rub- old men rubbing the hands of young men to see if there's sticky stuff on it or not. Like we just we've got to yeah, have you something. want a, a nice young man, <laughs> no shirt. I, if we're if I mean I, that's not the angle I was going, but if we're going to plus it up a little bit, it's TV, baby. <laughs> I right. mean, let's at least make a show out of it. Yeah. No, I mean, like it it feels it feels insane yeah. to me that it's just like one person's opinion on whether their hand is sticky or not. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I don't know if either of you know the answer to this question. I'm Domingo Herman. I get kicked out of the game. My hands have sticky stuff on it. There is a possible 10 game suspension. Are they, how, how are they determining? Like, are they taking a sample of my finger? Like what is happening That's what here? I mean. That's what I mean. No, it's just the, from my understanding, it's just yeah. that moment. They his just opinion say it. that his hands are sticky and that's what it's like. That feels crazy to me. We should have, there's got to be a spray or something. Yeah. That is like, there's goo on here, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it does feel like there should be something more than that because it does, right now, as far as I could tell, it is the uh, umpires word against the, the pitchers and you're going to, you know, the umpires win. I mean, that, that's yeah. kind of the, the Max Scherzer thing, right? That he was saying yeah. it was just sweat and rosin and you know whether it was or whether it wasn't there really wasn't any way to say it it, anything besides what they did so yeah it feels like there should be i'm not sure about some of the suggestions but um (laughs) there feels like there should be something that they could do i'm certain there's a spray there's gotta be a spray out there get the spray there's gotta be a spray out there (laughs) maybe they could just take a piece of paper and stick it to their hand if it pulls off and there's still paper left then Mm -hmm. it's too sticky. I don't know. (laughs) I think we solved it. Um, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, I got two injury stories. One's terrible. Um, Rockies pitcher Ryan Feltner takes a Nick Castellanos line drive off the head. Um, If you saw this, it was horrible, resulted in a skull fracture. Ryan Feltner is okay, 
Um, obviously has not resumed baseball activities or, or anything like that, but a really, really bad hit that happened over the weekend. Um, you know, again, thinking about Ryan Feltner right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to move on to something more fun, um, or, or less tragic. Uh, Anthony De- Descalfat. De- oh no. Anthony Descalfani. Did I do it? Descalfani. Descalfani. There's an L um, there. Tony D is taken out of a game early <laughs> pitching for the Giants because a couple of days earlier he dropped a piano bench on his toe. I feel like there's an entire episode <laughs> that we can do on wacky injuries from from baseball. Actually, I have a game idea that we're going to do sometime. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On uh, really, on really wacky, seeing the sausage made now, yeah, yeah, wacky baseball injuries. Um, yeah, dropping did a this baseball bench. injury really happen, or did I make it up this yeah, week? On exactly ouchie or oh no, <laughs> it's gonna be way better than ouchie or oh no. Both of those, right, you'll hear the ambulance yeah. siren. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nate, you suck. Thanks for uh, telling that's me everything. things that I won't do. All right. <laughs> that's everything I got for league news. All right. Speaking of, uh, of you know, I'll say speaking of good games, mm. speaking of well-crafted, thoughtful, wow. interesting games. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be turning this over to Daniel, who will be continuing the third part in a series uh, of of games that we've played when he's been on the show. So, Daniel, I'll give it over to you to sort of explain what it is that we're about to do. I I thought, uh, you know, you said that, then I thought, wait, was I not doing the game this time around? Because I don't know about <laughs> this being well-crafted or anything, but <laughs> it was thorough. This is, thorough. like Nathan said, the, th- the third time that I have been on here with this this game, uh, which we call Somehow I Manage. Uh, which is a bunch of questions about the Cardinals and their managers over history. The first time out, we did six questions. Uh, Nate got three of them right. Uh, we gave Ben a point for getting half a, half an answer right that first time. So <laughs> Damn. A good. second time, we did just three questions. Uh, they were not too terribly successful, but Ben did get a point. Let's go. Uh, because we, we're playing... <laughs> Uh, Price is right rules. So, uh, <laughs> you know, closest without going over. Um, that being said, I still love the, the fact that Ben picked 2,200 games that uh, Branch Rickey had won with the Cardinals, uh, which was significantly higher, but uh, was a lot of fun. So, thank you, Daniel. <laughs> ben still overall. Yeah, yeah. Three to two Ben deficit, so we'll let him pick first. I have still nine oh. questions um, that are numbered one through nine. Uh, we can do about three or four of these tonight. Um, ben, what number do you want? Let's go with number one because I am number one, and I've been baiting you all into thinking I'm uh-huh. bad at this game. <laughs> all right. What were the fewest wins? Now, last time we did the question about what was the fewest wins ever, and it was zero from, you know, Artie Latham in 1896. This <laughs> is not that question. Okay. Um, what is the fewest wins of any Cardinal manager since 1950? The lowest. And, and I'm guessing the number of wins. Yeah, not the number. Okay. Yeah. Guess the, the number. The lowest number of wins 
since 1950. Um, I'm I'm so bad at this game. I, I can feel it in my bones right now. I'm going to guess 20. Final answer. Okay, Nate. I don't like how so, he says okay like that either. I just yeah, know, I, know. I just feel stupid. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. 20. Um I'm thinking the Cardinals like consistent stretch of managers, you know, really started in like late 70s, 80s, but even before that most of the managers were getting some time in. So I think it's going to be more than 20. And so I'm going to play the game here. Damn it. And I'm saying 21. Ugh. And Nate knows how to play the game. <laughs> the answer is 42. Uh, yes. So been pretty good, though, honestly. I, I wasn't yeah. like hundreds yeah. off, which yeah. does make yeah. me feel slightly yeah. better. 42 yeah. by Mike Jorgensen in 1995 mm. after wow. he took over for See, uh, the fired Joe Torre. That I was trying to think if there was any, I of course forgot about him. I couldn't think of any like of the, of, like that sort of thing mm-hmm. through all of the eighties, nineties and two thousands, but I didn't think about him. You, you, did you just say you couldn't think of the answer? I couldn't think of a time where the the Cardinals had a like spot manager sure. in the last like 50 years. Mike um, Sheldon. That's at least a full season. No, I know. That's a joke. You're a joke. Damn it. Next question. All right. <laughs> All right. Nate, pick a, pick a number between two and nine. <laughs> Let's go with number nine. Number nine. All right. Mike Schilt and Johnny Keene. Both managed four seasons, and both were ejected the same number of times. How many times were they ejected? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt is a turtle. First off, <laughs> a secretly fiery man. Mm-hmm. I will always. I'll never forget the the video that went viral. Who was it that filmed it? Uh, Randy Rosarena. Yeah, yeah, it was a Rosarena where it was like, I didn't know he knew such naughty words. <laughs> um, I'm going to say nine times. All right. Ben? Crap. Um, I think that's a fine guess by a fine player. I think... That's over. I'm going to say $1, Bob. Mm, playing the game. Playing the game, but not as well as Nate. Damn it. Boom. It was 10. Oh. Oh. Almost. Oh. Right Man. Almost. Fine, fine play. Fine play. Very These Price is Right rules are just horrendous. Uh, yeah, but without uh, a we'd have like zero points right now. So. <laughs> We got, we got to do something. All right, Ben. Yeah. Two, between, between two and eight. Uh, well, my previous strategy worked perfectly, so I'm going to say two. All right. Um, okay. So how many times in 14 years of managing was Red Shandeast ejected? <laughs> um, wow. It's a great question. Um, 
It's a really good question. I'll say that. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, it was a different time. It was a different era, right? Uh, people got ejected less or more. I really don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to say... Definitely one of the two. We know that for sure. <laughs> I'm going to say Red got ejected. Jeez. Um, I'm going to say he got ejected 35 times. All right. Nate. It's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I mostly know Red Shandy's as the jolly old man. <laughs> so <laughs> he's always struck me as a gentleman, a kind man. He's got kind eyes. Yeah. What? Seven times, Daniel. Seven times. Twelve was the answer. What? So, <laughs> does it again. Oh, my God. I figured at least twice a year and then maybe some things happen. Man. You know, he, uh, yeah. he, like you said, a different era because um, although Johnny Keene wasn't too far after Red, I'd have to look that up. But, uh, you know, Schilt, yeah, 10 times in four seasons, Red 14 or 12 times in 14 years. So uh, I was yeah. right about that. It used to be different. Seems to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving you a point for that. <laughs> so. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Nate, you've got between three and eight. Let's go with number eight. Number eight. Ties, both in the dugout and as a result of games, really haven't been an issue in the last hundred years. Recent Cardinal Hall of Fame inductee Charles Comiskey has the most tied results as a manager in Cardinal history. How many does he have? Now, are we including bow ties here? Or <laughs> no, because Jomo Zalok is not the answer here. So. <laughs> okay. So, how many ties how does Comiskey have? Oh man, I don't even know where to. How, I don't even know when ties stop being. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, like so. Kaminsky's like late eighteen hundreds, right? So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I twenty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm that's just a straight up guess. Is twenty? Twenty ties. Ben. Okay, I'm going to just make this guess so that Nate can't win. Um, I'm going to say 21. 21. Um, yeah, nobody wins this one. Yes. 16? 16. Damn. I was still close. You were still close. I was yeah. still so close. I, I, I was expecting Ben to do the dollar, and, but no. I, yeah. I, 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 I was thinking that, but I, then I figured it would have been higher, and I just didn't want yeah. him to win, so I had That's to kamikaze fair. that one a little bit. That's fair. So well, it doesn't really. I was no matter what not winning, Ben. All you did is hurt yourself by uh, guessing. What? Oh, I guess never. No, yeah. never mind. He if didn't, it was he over didn't know that. If yeah, he knew if that, it, yeah. he would have guessed the right answer. Yeah, if I knew <laughs> the answer yeah, was sixteen, yeah. I would have guessed sixteen. Ben, why didn't you just know the answer and guess it correctly? I hate you. <laughs> All right, last one for the night, and then I'll have a few more for the next time I come right. around. Ben, right. three, <sighs> yeah, between three and seven. Um, I'm going to go seven. Going wow. seven. All right. Chris Vonderoff 
was one of the early owners of the team. And because you could do that back then, occasionally even managed a team. Can you imagine Bill DeWitt doing that today? That would be kind of fun. He managed 17 games over the parts of the 1895, 1896, and 1897 seasons. So 17 games. How many of those games did he win? Hmm. 17 games he managed for the turn of the century. Um, I'm going to go... Damn. I'm going to say he won seven. Nate? So I don't know the answer to this, but I do think it's it's crazy timing. So uh, a podcast that I really love, uh, The Dollop, uh, they do a bunch of stuff on baseball, and they've just released part one of a two-part series on Chris Vanderaa, <laughs> or Ahi, or, or uh, however you say it, yeah. Chris Vanderaa. And uh, hmm. like he's the guy who hired Kaminsky and like, yeah, he sounds like a, a, probably a really bad guy. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm going to say he did better than seven, though. I'm going to say eight wins. Damn it. And nobody gets. Yeah, points. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he won three. Nice. One three. Nice. Wow. OK. So, there you have it. <sighs> we'll finish this thing. Okay. Uh, in the longest four-part trilogy ever. <laughs> a four-part trilogy. Yes. Four <laughs> trilogy. It's, much, it's You know, if if you're a friend of Douglas Adams, you'll understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. You know, I enjoy it all the time. Uh. Well, we'll ha- we'll have you back on, and uh, you know, some a couple months, hopefully, at the another uh winning streak from the cardinals and we have some more good stuff to talk about um and as always we'll be back again next week you know i gotta remind you talking about birds.com and uh patreon.com slash talking about birds and uh if you're going to a game of push this weekend let me know maybe i'll be there too uh we can get a big chicken sandwich together (laughs) i still i still haven't had one yet Uh, we can cheers them like little like beers. We can slap our chicken sandwiches together. That you um, think people are, want to do that with you? A man can dream. <laughs> what am I doing this for? If that's not what the end great point. Is? Great point. Yeah. So we'll be back again next week. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, tell your friends. And until next week, go Cardinals. Talking about birds. Dot com. Yeah.